0: All right, why don't we grab our seats and we're gonna jump into the third official sermon of our Relation Slips series. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I, I am just so pumped and uh, before I jump into the message, I just wanna take a moment to, to say thank you. Uh, many of you saw that Amrita and I had a pretty emotional post on Facebook and Instagram where we shared for the first time, publicly that our our son in the summer was diagnosed with autism. And it's been a a pretty intense six months for us. A a season of darkness and despair and finding hope in the midst of that has been pretty difficult. It's been easy to pray for almost anything but our son. But the Lord has been faithful and he's been speaking to us and as we've prayed for our son and, and invested in his therapy and and God and diet changes and things like that, we've been slowly but surely making progress and seeing that God is healing our son. God is giving him life and life abundantly, that God has a plan for Obadiah, a bright future for him, and we're just standing on the truth of God's word, but also we're standing on the love and the support of the community here at Kalos Church, and I I just want to say thank you so much all for your prayers and your your kind words, and the, the likes, and the shares, and, and the posts, and uh, the, the texts, and the direct messages, and, and just reaching out, and, and loving our son, and loving our family, and so can you just give yourselves a round of applause, and thank you so much, you know, it's, it's awesome to be part of a, a church that, yes, we can lead, but also a church that we're, we're just part of, a church where we can receive love, as well as give messages, and sermons, and give love, and support. We're a community. We learn from you. We receive from you just as much as it works the other way. And uh, I'm proud of a church community that accepts that and acknowledges that. And we're getting ready for our our second child basically coming next week, right? March 12th is our due date. And so Amrita's going to waddle right into her position for the rest of the service. And uh, March 7th, yeah, we got some people trying to get specific dates there. I tried to get March 11th so we could say our baby was born on 311 which is the police code for indecent exposure my wife wasn't pumped about that and i realized in that journey not many people have heard of the band 311 if you've heard of the band 311 can you let me know i i thought it was like a pretty popular band but i'm like hey you know 311 like you know amber is the color of your energy anybody know that and no nobody is like they're like what amber amber's a color what Amber's my sister. I'm like, what? What is going on? (laughs) So anyways, thank you for your love and support. And we appreciate your prayers as we have our first daughter, baby Nala. (laughs) Come on. And so it's going to be great. Well, who's ready to jump into the third sermon on relation slips? Come on. I'm so excited about this. You know, we all get into fights. And in church, sometimes we believe that, oh, I'm a Christian, or I'm surrounded by all these Christians, and in their relationships, there's just perfect, there's peace, there's never any fights in relationships. Well, let's be honest. Most of you got in a fight with someone on your way to church this morning. Can I get a good amen? (laughs) You argued over something. You're late again. How long is it taking you to get ready? Why didn't you do this? We all get in fights, and today I'm not concerned if you fight. I'm concerned about how you fight. I'm concerned the ways we fight and the rules by which we fight. And I'm going to share today how can we glorify God in how we fight as a relationship. And I think this applies to us if we're married, if we're engaged, if we're dating, if we're single. Because we all have plenty of people we can fight with. Can I get a good amen? I mean, there's plenty of people to have an argument with, a squabble with. Anybody fight in here? Can we be honest? Can we create a safe place? Raise your hand if you've ever fought with anybody, verbally, physically, anything. All right, where are the rest of you? Who's never got in a fight? Because I'm about to fight you. I, am, I will fight you. All right? <laughs> so let's jump into the scriptures. Matthew 19 says this. And he answered and said to them, this is Jesus speaking, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then, they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate us. So, God joins two. They become one. And Jesus is saying, hey, what has been brought together, let nobody, let nothing separate it. And there are a lot of pressures on our relationships that try to separate us, whether it's friendship, whether it's a marriage. There's just pressure from within, pressure externally, all sorts of things that are constantly trying to separate us. But here in the scripture, we're given an encouragement. Let no man separate what God has brought together. And Ephesians 4, 26 says this, be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not make room for the devil. And I want to share today that the devil loves it when there's division in our relationships, when we let the sun go down on our anger and our arguments where we don't let light in it, we just let darkness thrive and flourish. But today we're gonna bring some light into the midst of our arguments and our division and the things and the forces that are trying to separate us. And being angry is not a sin, but in your anger, do not sin. It's okay to be a little frustrated with someone. Can I get a good amen? I mean, they deserve a little bit of anger. (laughs) Amen? And so we're going to talk about how can we avoid giving the devil a place in our relationships, giving the devil a foothold, because he would love it if he could separate us, because how many of you guys know that our relationships are powerful, that God can use healthy families and marriages and romances for the glory of God. I mean, when you see a couple that's fully healthy and flourishing, man, it's like a tree that's planted that provides shade for people and fruit and life, and it just makes peace, and it makes things come alive. It just brings a, a safety and a comfort, but the devil would love to get in there and wedge himself in between your relationships so that we can't stand strong together and that there would be division, but we have a church here that's going to fight for healthy relationships, and we're not just going to slip and fall and let things destroy us. No, what God has brought together, let no man separate. Amen, and there are things that we fight over, and I'm trying to avoid some marriage strife even as I preach this sermon, so pray for your pastor, <laughs> because uh, there are some things in our marriages that we fight over. Now, can you help me, uh, I don't know, maybe settle an issue in our marriage? Help me determine if my wife has been cheating on me, okay? Sometimes we have something queued on Netflix, and she watches it without meat, without meat. Is that cheating? (laughs) Some of you, you are watching a show together. You're binge watching it, but for some reason, the person you've been watching it with, they decide to watch an episode without you. Has that happened to anybody here? And you're like, that is... That is cheating. Who agrees with me? That is cheating. That is the devil wedging destruction and death into America. So my, my wife, she does not cheat on me when it comes to binge watching. But sometimes there's, there, I find like a rom-com, something I don't want to watch on my own. Like all all the boys I ever loved, or something like that, on Netflix, and I, I, I'm like, hey, this will be cute. We can watch it together. And I, then I find out she watched it without me. I'm like, honey, that is cheated. That is cheated. You know, uh, there are other things we fight about. I mean, uh, I I I've been in a season of snoring lately, and, and combined with Amrita's pregnancy, it's just not good because. We used to go to bed at the same time and we're both deep sleepers, but now because she's pregnant, she's waking up all the time and then can't get back to bed because I'm snoring. And so she thinks that pushing me and just rolling me at all hours of the night will somehow alleviate the snoring. And so I'm trying to get my beauty sleep. I need it. You know that. And here I am just rolling around. She's just pushing me. And look, muscles Amritha over there, she's an aggressive pusher, so strong. Anybody with me? I mean, these are some reasons we fight in our marriages. All right, I, I might be causing some controversy, but uh, anybody have toothpaste? Anybody use toothpaste in here? Yeah. Okay, well, uh, do, do you know anybody that, that insists that you squeeze it from the bottom and not the top? I mean, that, that will ruin a relationship right there. Because uh, we actually are on the same page about this, so I'm, I'm happy for a strong marriage. But some people insist just squeezing it from the bottom, and you roll it up very neatly and orderly. Some people like me, you just go, you just go for the most bang for the buck, immediate gratification. You just start squeezing from the top and you don't put a cap on it. No, I got, that's seconds of inefficiency. No, no way. Anybody with me? You guys ever get in fights like this in your marriages or relationships? Like, uh, man, the car is too hot or the car is too cold or I just did my hair. Why are you rolling down those windows right now? What are you, like, I mean, that will destroy a, a, a relationship right there. How about television volume? Who, who likes to watch the TV loud? Who, who likes to wh- listen to it at a, at a decent volume that doesn't destroy your ears? I mean, that, these are some issues. I, I even feel like some tension in the room already. Like, what's going on here? Uh, you know, uh, how, about, how about this? If you want to ruin a relationship, how about ask this? Like, where do you want to eat? I don't care. But then you, then you propose something and suddenly they care. Like, a lot? Hey, where do you want to eat? I don't know. Let's go to Arby's. Arby's? How dare you? How dare you? What about this? Hey, is is toilet paper, like, I mean, is this supposed to be dispensed from the front or the back? Like, where, who who says that it's supposed to come out the front? All right. Who says it's supposed to come out the back? Oh, nobody. Wow. All right. This church isn't. Complete unity. Wow. I I love this. We did it. God, we answered your prayer in John 17. He prayed that the church would be one. Here we are. We did it. (laughs) And so, you know, there are all sorts of things we can fight about in a relationship, whether serious matters or uh, just kind of trivial matters. And, uh, you know, there's there's a scripture in Proverbs that uh, just for the sake of my marriage, I'm going to say I cannot relate to at all. And it says this in Proverbs 27. If anybody loudly blesses their neighbor early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. A quarrelsome wife is like the dripping of a leaky roof in a rainstorm. Restraining her is like restraining the wind or grasping oil with the hand. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. I don't understand the scripture at all. I cannot. I've studied it in so many different languages. I have no idea how anybody could feel that way. And so uh, but I, so I want to I focus. I love you, honey. I want to focus on the last part. In, in verse 17, it says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And when two become one, when relationships are joined together, there is going to be friction. Sparks will fly, and this is for the benefit of iron. When you're sharpening this tool, sparks fly, but it's getting sharper. It's becoming more useful. It's becoming better, and in our relationships, I just want to let you know that it is totally okay if you fight. It is totally natural. It's a part of any relationships. And I, I feel like many of us buy into this lie, and I would say it's a relation slip. Relations slip number three, if you're following along with our series, is this, that healthy relationships don't have fights. And I, I want to let you know that healthy relationships do have fights, as iron sharpens iron, so your relationships will sharpen one another, and there will be sparks There will be sparks, and I I just get concerned about couples who tell me, well, we just, we never fight. We, We never have any disagreements. We just, you know... We just, uh, we just bask in each other's presence, and we watch Lifetime movies together at the same time. And there's just never any disagreement. We always want to do the same thing at the same time. And I just want to say, you're a liar, because a healthy relationship will have sparks. And uh, I, I don't know, there's common issues that we fight about. Usually the big three are uh, we fight about communication. Well, when you said it this way, I didn't like it. We fight about money, that's a big thing, you buy what? And we fight about sex, like, what do you wanna do? Like, you know, we have these fights about these things all in our relationships and we all respond in different ways. And I, I kinda wanna categorize it into three ways, maybe you'll relate to this. Uh, some of us are ragers, Where are my ragers in the fight. You, you have to like, you feel like I wanna lift my voice. I'm getting sweaty, I'm huffing, and I'm puffing. Like, hey, did you take out the trash? No, I forgot. What? I will murder you! <laughs> OK. Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> you, you put compost in the trash! <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's aggressive. All right, so some of us, we're, we're ragers, and we can relate to that. Other, others of us, when we get in a fight, and we get angry, suddenly we become very, very polite and calm. We're seething and we're angry on the inside, but like, yeah, hey, where do you want to eat? Wherever you want to eat, honey, I'm fine. You're like, wow, you just became very polite, and I'm scared to death because I don't know what you're plotting <laughs> right now. And it, where are my people that you get quieter when you get mad, and your words become really composed, and you, you suddenly are phrasing out things perfectly and very politely so that they don't have any ammo against you. What are you talking about? I've been very respectful to thee. Like, wow. That's scary. That, maybe some of us are like that. Others, others of us, we just, we compromise. And we, we when we get mad like we just we're like whatever you want. Whatever you want. Whatever you want. And I, I think that's sad in our relationships. Whenever we get in a fight, we just compromise because then nobody in the relationship is ever getting what they truly desire. And you find yourself just growing distant from each other because none of your desires or needs or all these things you long for, it's cause it's just a life filled with compromise, and so I want to talk about rules for fighting, and uh, this is not an exhaustive list, and I just want to talk about three rules for fighting that I believe can be a blessing in a relationship and just super practical and helpful, and I I believe that when you watch boxers fight, anybody ever watch UFC or fighting matches, boxing, things like that? Like, I love watching that stuff, and what you notice is that some of these guys or girls or whatever, they'll be fighting each other. They'll be, like, punching each other, making each other submit, like, hurting them, drawing blood, making their eyes swell, making them look like Tori, who's got, he's got, like, a black eye or something because of a small group on Saturday morning called SMAT and not because of relationship dynamics is from this small group. And uh, you'll, you'll see these guys just hurting each other, these people just just wreaking havoc on each other's faces. But then right after the match is over, what happens a lot of times? They hug each other. And, and I, I believe that fighters can be, be friends after a match if they fight and follow the rules. If, if, if nobody's following any rules, they're just fighting willy-nilly, doing whatever they want, they're not going to be friends after the match. But if people follow a, a certain guideline set, if they follow rules, even after a, an intense argument, a fight, a squabble, whatever, they can still be friends because they followed the rules. And so I want to share three rules that I believe that will help us in our fights, because we all fight if we are iron sharpening iron. Amen? Who's ready for some of these rules? Come on. All right, so rule number one, I want to encourage you is this. Stay on the same team. Romans 12 says this, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And this is what I want to focus on right now. 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone, especially in your relationships. Do not take revenge. My dear friends, believe room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. And this kind of reiterates what Jesus said when he was quoting the Old Testament. What God has put together, let no man separate. And so I want to encourage all of us that we have a rule that we are going to stay on the same team. Or as this Bible verse says, we're going to pursue peace with everyone. And, and here's even the title of my message and the big point that I want to communicate. It's this. In a fight, it doesn't matter who won if you don't stay won. In a fight, it doesn't matter who won if you don't stay won. And so in our marriage, we have this phrase that we say, hey, I know we're arguing against each other. I know we're fighting. I know we're trying to win this match. But it's not me versus you, Amritha, it's us against the problem. We're on the same team. Because how can you win when the one you love loses, right? How can you win when the one you love loses? So it's not me versus you, it's us against the problem. And so my question is this, would you rather win in your fights with your relationships or would you rather be one? I'm not trying to win an argument. I'm trying to restore a relationship. I'm trying to move this thing forward. Actually, in our house, we don't even call fights fights. We call them learning labs because I have learned something about you that makes you mad at me. (laughs) and you have learned something that I'm passionate about. And so instead of us just winning an argument, we're learning each other so that we can be better at being one. Isn't that good? And so it's not me versus you. It's us against the problem. The two shall be one. Let nothing separate that because the devil loves division. I want to show you a video of uh, a couple that really isn't sane on the same team and they're letting such a petty argument divide them. Bill, will you play that video? I'm just saying you don't know how to play. We've been arguing over here about how to play rock, paper, scissors correctly. Because you dumb and you don't know how to play. Like... And it's getting me upset. Calm down. And I need you. I'm calm. Are you sure? I'm yes. I'm calm. Okay. I'm calm. Okay, I'm right. just confused to why you add a whole extra two words to rock paper. They go. Look there. at look look at. We're gonna show you how she plays, R- how we play. Ready? Rock Wait. Hold open. on. Okay. Wait. Ready? Rock, rock paper, paper scissors, scissors shoot. Shoot. What, you going too early, Mom? No, man but why you saying? It? Says why she saying says shoot. Says shoot. Why are you there. saying says shoot? That was no, not paper. rock paper scissors. Boom. What's rock boom? paper scissors. Boom. Boom! That's illegal. That's it. Rock paper scissors says shoot. That's how no, you know they are doing at the same time. What are you? Rock paper scissors, and then you assume. The only it's... time they says is any You're game stupid. is no. Simon says. Rock paper scissors That's... says shoot. Rock paper scissors shoot. No no, no 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 shoot. Says shoot. Rock I'm just saying. <laughs> so I don't think they're saying on the same team. And let, let's really look at that. This argument is over rock paper scissors. And for the record, it's not says shoot, okay? I don't know. Does anybody do says shoot? Is that a real thing? Okay. Oh. (laughs) God bless you. Let's talk after service, okay? (laughs) And so we need to stay on the same team because we care about each other more than we care about a specific issue. I mean, remember why we fell in love? We worked at it. We gave each other our best. We're not going to sacrifice our love and affection for each other over such a petty issue. I'd rather be one than have one in argument. Amen. That's a rule that we have. And we have this determination that we will never even threaten or joke about divorcing each other. We will never let anything separate us. We will stay on the same team. If you're in arguments and you're threatening divorce, that is never going to reap a good fruit. That's only going to cause and sow insecurity and division. But no, we will stay on the same team. Amen? Amen? Rule number two is start the first three minutes with kindness. And this is a, a new concept that I'm wanting to experiment with more in our relationship. And uh, Proverbs 15 says this, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but the mouth of fools pours forth foolishness. And uh, as I was researching for this this sermon, I, I stumbled among, uh, upon a couple of articles and, 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 and teachings that say... Uh, An argument will never rise above the first three minutes of the tone you set. So the way you start an argument or a fight, the tone, the atmosphere, the the timing of it all, if you start rough, in the first three minutes, probably the whole rest of the argument is going to maintain roughness. Does that make sense? Have you ever started an argument, and you're like, oh boy, this is going to be a two-hour conversation. I can already tell by the way we started. Anybody with me? Any, everybody is afraid to raise their hand in front of someone. <laughs> and so how how we start typically is how we will maintain an argument and how we will end an argument. And, uh, you know, as I, I talked about, our, our son recently was diagnosed with autism, and so we've been learning a lot. How do we deal with our son when he is raging or having a meltdown? How do we know when he's having a tantrum versus having a, a meltdown and, and like the other day, he w- the morning, it was just like 30 minutes, 40 minutes of just yelling and screaming. We did not know what to do. And so we moved on with the day and then Amritha sent me this really cool video about a teaching on how to deal with kids when they're having a meltdown. And uh, this teacher taught that when a kid is melting down and just yelling and screaming, they're not, they're not thinking very sanely or concretely. The, the, the part of their brain that's just raw panic and fear-filled emotions is lighting up, and this kid is just afraid for their life. And so they're, they're melting down. If you're trying to reason with a kid in that environment, you're, you're not going to communicate. You're not, you're not going to get through that. So what you first of all have to do is you have to just hug that kid and make the kid feel safe before you can start teaching or instructing or correcting. And I think this principle applies in our relationships. Sometimes when we're mad at someone, we wait for them to come home or we wait for them to call us and then we just ambush them. Hey, I've been waiting for you to call. You're an idiot, I hate you, can we talk? Or, oh, I'm going to get you, like, hey, I've been waiting for you to mess up, and you finally did it. I caught you doing the thing that I knew you were going to do. And it's just like an ambush. Have you ever, like, picked up the phone, and you're expecting to have a nice conversation, or a nice date, or a, just a nice, normal interaction, and it's like a fight from the first, second, anybody with me, and you're like, what just happened? I got ambushed, or you You start out swinging, and you are a bad person, you're just like like your mother, you are, oh, I'm going to, it's just, in you like, the first three minutes is you're just attacking each other and you're trying to make progress and solve an argument in that environment. And I'm just telling you what, that is not going to work because nobody feels safe. How are you going to teach someone a different way? How are you going to move forward in this relationship if you're just creating an environment that's not safe, that's not okay, that's not conducive for learning. And so I just want to encourage us to start the first three minutes with kindness. Hey, I know we're about to fight, but I just want to say, I love you. You're beautiful. Hey, can we can we pray about this fight? Can we pray? Even before it starts. Hey, I am so proud of what you've done this week. Hey, I before we even start this fight, I just want to let you know I, I'm invested in how you feel. And it's possible that both of us are right, and there is just a misunderstanding. And so I just want to communicate before we get into this, hey, it's not me against you, it's us against the problem. Your words matter, your feelings are valid, and I'm going to do my best to listen, and I will take ownership for anything I've done wrong. If someone started off an argument with you like that, I prob- I'd probably lose the will to fight. i am like, come on, this is dumb. Call me an idiot again. Do it. <laughs> you know, it, it'd be so hard to fight if someone's like, hey, quick side hug. I love you. <laughs> and I think that's the goal. We find ourselves growing in their safety. And now we can really communicate. You know, uh, I, I was reading another paper on all these um, couples. And they did the study of couples. And they studied them for 10 years. They, they interviewed them like in the first month of their marriage and then they followed up with them 10 years later, and they could predict, uh, like with 91% accuracy, whether that couple was gonna get divorced by just watching the first three minutes of their fight. They're rolling their eyes, mocking each other, calling each other names, not wanting to learn, just wanting to get their jab in. That was a pretty good indicator that they were divorced 10 years later. So how, how we start matters. It might be corny, but it's worth it to make someone feel safe, amen? It's worth it, and so I I heard this other thing, like if you're just in a a rut, you're arguing, you're in a cycle, you're in a circle, you're just hashing over it again and again and again. This is super corny, but the research I was reading said, hey, take five minutes and spoon for our our married people. Take take five minutes and just spoon with that person, and for the first minute, you'll be angry. Second minute, you'll be like, you know, a little cooler. By the third minute, you're like, this is dumb. Why am I doing this? Fourth minute, you forgot what you're arguing about. By the fifth minute, you feel suddenly closer and safer, and then you can have a normal, calm argument. So I, I'd encourage you, if you're in the middle of an argument, just say, hey, it's time to spoon. All right? Who's with me on that? <laughs> All right. Number, you're with me again. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. <laughs> I like you. All right, number three. Number three. Number three. On rules for fighting, I want to encourage you to complain, but don't criticize. Complain, but don't criticize. And basically, I want you to give your spouse the ability to complain and share their feelings without getting punished for it. Some of us have families where there's an elephant in the room. There's been an elephant in the room for years, and everybody's afraid to talk about this issue because you know it's going to cause a major fight major tension, it's gonna cause things to blow up. Anybody have families like that where you just can't talk about it? And that's what happens in our relationship. When we don't fight and when we don't feel safe, when we don't share our feelings and our emotions, things just build up. And in fights, in learning labs, in these conversations, that toxic stuff is able to be exposed to light and it just comes out instead of letting it fester and grow and grow and grow. So I want to encourage you to make an environment that's safe for people to share their feelings without getting punished for it. Like, if something's bothering Amritha about how I'm treating her, I want to know about it. And that's different than just criticizing one another. Sharing, hey, I'm feeling really hurt. I, I'm, I'm, I might be misunderstanding what you said, but when you said that, that made me feel this way. That does not make me defensive at all. When I, when I see Amrita hurting and she's sharing, I'm really hurt right now, that makes me want to love her and protect her. But when she criticizes me and attacks me and says, you, you're a bad husband, she doesn't say that, but says those kind of things, that doesn't make me want to lean in. Criticisms make me want to back away. Anybody with me? You get defensive. But when she's vulnerable and shares that I'm hurting, it makes me wanna lean in. When she's attacking and trying to hurt me, it makes me wanna lean away. And so, what we need to do is create environments where people can safely share their feelings without being punished for it. Where we're not immediately defensive when people share what's going on in their heart, but we say, hey, I'm willing to listen, I'm willing to take ownership, and I will focus on the problem instead of the person. I will focus on this, but like, so that's why we don't allow name-calling in our relationship, because that, that's not constructed. That's focusing on the person instead of the problem. We, we, don't, we, don't, we don't bring up tons of history. We, that's focusing on the person, not the problem. Hey, 10 years ago, you did this and said this. No, let's focus on the here and now. And, and, and this is so helpful when you, when you fight, that you create a, an argument, you create safety to truly share your feelings. And let me ask you to do this. If you guys are in the middle of a fight with someone, please do not name call. Please don't bring up ton of history. Like, love keeps no record of wrongdoing. And number three, this might be the most important thing, thing I say all day, is this. Don't, don't quote anything I say in the middle of an argument. <laughs> please. <laughs> please, for my sake. Well, Pastor Brady even been in the relationship series that, You got to work at love, so work, 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 work. No, do not, do not do that, please, for my sake. (laughs) So here, here's another way of what we can do. Say what you mean, but don't say it mean. Say what you mean, but don't say it mean. We're not going to criticize each other. We're going to share our feelings, amen? And where do we learn this? You know, we learn this from the example of God. In Romans 2, 4, the scripture says, Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from sin? And God, in the midst of us treating him like an enemy, in the midst of us turning our backs on God, time and time again, he wins us over with kindness by creating a safe environment. And I want to ask you to do the same thing, in your relationship. I like this quote that describes this Romans 2 4 scripture. It is God's kindness that leads us to repentance, not our repentance that leads God to be kind. Isn't that good? I want to read it again. It's God's kindness that leads us to repentance, not our repentance that leads God to be kind. And in your marriages, I want to encourage you, lead with kindness Following the example of God who is kind to us when we turn our backs on him. He's kind to us when we're mean to him. He's kind to us when we, when we just don't want his way. We disagree with him completely. He never gives up on kindness. And we can be the same. And so I want to challenge all of us in our relationships. This week, would you try to practice one of these rules? Would you try to really establish a culture where, hey, we're not going to joke about divorce. We will stay on the same team. It's not me against you. It's us against the problem. Will you create an environment where you say, hey, for the first three minutes of our fights, if we feel a fight brewing or we're in the midst of it, hey, we're going to take a three-minute break, and we're just going to encourage one another. We're going to compliment one another. We're going to create an environment of safety. Or will, will you make sure that you create a safe environment where one can share their feelings without being punished for it? Hey, I will apologize. I will take all I'm not going to be defensive. I'm not going to call you names. I'm not going to bring up the past against you. I'm not going to quote a pastor against you. I am just going to love you, and I'm going to not focus on you as a person, but I'm going to focus on this problem so that we can move forward because i rather be one than have one in argument. Amen? I encourage you. Uh, the fight is not the issue. How we fight is the issue, and I believe that we can have healthy, life-giving fights that glorify God. I mean, it's amazing. Sometimes Amree and I are in a fight, and like, I mean, we fight people. I mean, we we have two-hour, three-hour fights sometimes. I mean, it's not it, it's just argument after argument. When you said this, I heard this, but well, whoa, what about when you said? I mean, it just goes on and on. And there have been times where I, I, we've just said, "Hey, let's take a break." I want to let you know that I'm in love with you. That I I see what you're doing. I acknowledge how you're feeling. I can totally understand why you feel this way. Like, and I just want to let you know I care about you. If I had a choice, I would marry you again. Like, I'm in this for the long haul. No matter how this fight goes, I, I just want to let you know I love you. I'm invested in you. I'm with you, and. Uh, that just dissolves so much tension. And it's possible that in the midst of a fight, we end feeling closer together. There will be sparks in your fights. Iron sharpens iron. There are sparks when that happens. But we can use it to glorify God. We can use it to get closer. We can use it to learn what makes someone else tick. Our fights can be learning laps. So don't fall into the relationship slip that says healthy relationships don't fight. They do but they grow through it and they move forward. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to learn and grow in your word. I just pray a blessing over all of our people here that we would use our fights to glorify you, that we would practice your example, that you lead us to to repentance, you lead us to life change, and you do so through kindness. And So Lord, help us to be kind and create these safe environments so that we can have healthy thriving relationships we pray in the name of Jesus and everybody said amen 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 well before I get off the stage I want to make a an opportunity possible for those of us who feel far from God feel like we're stuck in shame need a second chance and maybe even right now you're feeling the kindness of God drawing you towards a new beginning I would love to pray for you if you're saying pretty and would you pray for me I need forgiveness. I need to start over. I need help. I need light in my darkness. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I've tried to lead my life by my own rules. It's not working. So right now I want to, I want to follow Jesus. I have seen the beauty of Jesus and I, I'm in. I want to do it. I'm not sitting on the sidelines anymore. I, count me in. I want to follow Jesus. And so I would love to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you or anything like that. But if, if that's you, I just want us all right now to close our eyes and bow our heads. But if that's you, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand if you would like me to pray for you so that you can start a thriving relationship with Jesus. So lift it boldly so I can see on the count of three if that's you. And I'll pray for you. One, two, three. Would you lift up your hand boldly? Amen. I see your hand. Is there anybody else? Let's lift it so I can see it. I'd love to pray for you. Amen. Amen. All right, you can put your hands down. And let's pray this prayer all together. The words will be on the screen. It's not a magic spell. It's just a way of articulating maybe what's in our heart. So let's pray this together. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Take control of my life. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen. Can we give it up to Jesus for life change? Come on.